going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Student Leader Podcast. We are here now with a guest who is coming at us from overseas. Overseas guest. Yes, we've got- This is a first for us. We've never had an overseas guest on the podcast before. I guess we could say we're an international podcast. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) And Peter, you're the one that made that happen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, make some noise for Peter Good. It's good to be with you. Come on, man. All right. Hey, Peter, tell everybody uh, who's listening at home where you're podcasting from and a little bit about yourself. Yeah. My name is Peter Good. Uh, My wife, Courtney, and I serve here in Thessaloniki, Greece, where we lead Zoe Church. And our our purpose here is to lead this church, but to also see the church multiply throughout the country. So we have a passion for church planning. And uh, this is what we do every day. Greece. We're excited. Incredible. Greece. All right. Real quick. When I was in Greece, it was a long time ago. There was this thing I would get at the restaurant that was right by our hostel. I'm the name is escaping me. You got to help me. It's like fried cheese. It was, uh, um, oh, yeah. What's it called? Halloumi? No, halloumi? it wasn't halloumi, but maybe Ooh. I need to have halloumi. It, it's, <laughs> it's gonna, um, it's gonna come to me later. I can't remember. Mm. It's like a, it's a big old brick of fried cheese. And did you, just Do you know how much I cheese? like cheese? Dude. You're killing me right now. It it's not like we can just get in a, you know, go across the street to Greece and get some, right. you know. I'm going to I'm going to think of it. It's going to come to me. Holy Spirit speak to me in Jesus name. But <laughs> real quick so everybody at home can get to know you Peter. Other than the fact that you live in Greece. That's so incredible. We like to do an icebreaker for every single guest. Um so here's my question to you. If overnight while you're sleeping, you could instantly develop one professional skill, what skill would you want to have developed overnight? Boom, bada bing, bada bam. It's yours now. What would it be? I would say that I would want to learn how to play the piano. And I've, oh. I've been playing drums since I was nine years old. And for some reason, never learned how to play any kind of instrument other than the drums. Wow. So I would say something that actually makes a sound <laughs> that I could sing to. Yeah. A joyful noise. A Peter. A joyful uh, noise. Having, yeah. uh, having heard you play drums, I would just say that if you could learn to play the piano at the same level you play drums, that'd be pretty incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because he's, he's a good drummer. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, yeah. Really That's nice. Yeah. Humble. Guy living in Greece. By the way, the name came to me. It is Saganaki. Do you know Saganaki? Saganaki. I do. My wife loves Saganaki. I don't think it's exceptional. So <laughs> I, oh, I was ripping the Saganaki. Yeah. I was hitting it. When were just you? By when were you in Greece, Jordan? Uh, me and then my two best friends, who are also pastors, uh, Dave Lee, Gilbert Ackerman. Gil used to host the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the shout three out of to us, Gil. Shout out, Gil. Pour one out for my boy. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he. Yeah, the three of us went to Greece. Just. I don't know. We went to Greece and Italy oh, just, that's to do, just to do the Europe thing. But you live there, bro. That's so I incredible. I do. And we live in Thessaloniki, which is a biblical city. Um, a football field away from where I'm at right now, which is the church location, is the marketplace that Paul walked in. And so oh, it's incredible. a significant place. And we're really in the heart of it. So it's exciting. <laughs> that's amazing. How many years now have you been there? Missionaries there? We've been, we've been here eight years now. Eight years. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Hey, students, if you find yourself in Greece, check out, how do you pronounce it? It's not Zoe. It's... It's Zoe. Oh, it's, it's Zoe. Zoe. I was going to say it's yeah, Zoe, yeah. but it's it's Zoe. <laughs> that's, Check out Zoe that's, Church. 
That's one guy in Los Angeles. I know who that oh, is. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Zoe Church in Thess. Zoe. Do you call it Thess? Can I call it Thess? Is that what the people in the streets uh, call it? You can. We don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> call it that. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Noted. Oh, All right. Well, we didn't, we didn't bring you in here for Greece trivia or to ask your take on Saganaki. Um, Peter, we know you're a man of God, and we want to encourage student leaders that are serving uh, youth groups or in their high school, middle school, or even on their college campus. So what leadership principle do you have for our students today? I want to talk about uh, leading through the desert season and mm. the determination that we mm. need in it. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Um, I, uh, I've walked through a desert season and I think we all naturally do in different seasons of life. Um, and, and I'm taken, I'm always taken back to some verses in Psalm 63. Um, when I was in my first year of uh, Bible college, I was on this traveling ministry team playing drums and uh, I was in uh, Potomac district. So probably at like the youth camp mm. in Virginia or something. And that morning I opened up my Bible and uh, I did the classic flip and point and read oh, no. and see oh, what works that. thing. And it actually worked this time. It worked. Um, and so, yeah. but I, I, I read Psalm 63 that morning. And then uh, about 10 hours later, this pastor evangelist guy gets up on, up on stage and he preaches an entire message on Psalm 63. Oh, wow. And, and so the heavens open up and I'm like, God, this is so cool. And, and, and more than just like that moment marking me, it was, it was, I think God's intentionality to plant these verses in me wow. that here I am 18 years later, still being impacted by still quoting to myself mm. um, and still being encouraged by it because we all face, we all face seasons of leadership and ministry that are hard and, um, and, and bring challenges. So I, I'm just going to dive into it. This is David yeah, writing these words. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Sure. I was just going to ask you to say, jump into it. What, tell us Psalm 63. Yeah. David, so David is, he's in a season of hard leadership. Um, he is being pursued by his own son. Uh, he's not running from a son who's trying to like return him 20 euros that he borrowed from him last <laughs> week. Like Absalom is trying to kill him. Yeah. And so he's running for his life and he writes these words. He says, you God are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so David describes this season of leadership, the season of life as a dry and weary land where there is no water. And we have moments like this all the time yeah. where there's no water, where there is no fruit, where we're working this hard soil, where there's there, the growth isn't happening like we want it to happen. We're trying to plant seeds. We're trying to see a harvest. Nobody's responding to the things that we're trying to put out. Um, it, it, it's hard times, but even in this hard time, and David in this season has this full awareness, awareness of the pain and the challenges he's facing. He says, God, you are my God. He says, earnestly, I will seek you. I will thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. So even in this moment, he is determined to keep God in his proper position. David, mm. David is determined to, he's determined to seek God and he doesn't let the dry and weary land become an excuse to not pursue God. Yes. And mm. it, it, oftentimes in these hard seasons of life, we, we prove where our loyalty lies. We prove where our trust mm. really is. And we, have a tendency to run away from the very one that will satisfy the pain and the disappointment that we're, we're feeling in life. Wow. David, David continues on in verse two, and he says, I have seen you in the sanctuary. I have seen and observed your power 
and your glory. So David's in the desert. He's being chased by the sun, by the sun, and he's looking back. He's remembering and reminding himself of all that he has seen and all that God has done. And, and, and I've lived in Greece for eight years. Um, before this place of life and leadership, I grew up in an amazing church in Reading, Pennsylvania. I watched it grow from 300 people to 3000 people. I served on all the teams. I was given more opportunities to grow and express myself than I should have been given. I saw the, a, a beautiful community transform a city. And then I find myself here and, and, and I'm walking through the hardest season of my life, or I'm finding myself in a context that is hard where the Mm. work doesn't produce the fruit as fast as we want to see where, to be honest, we've been leading this church for six years and we're pretty much at the same place where we started. Like there's a lot of people that has had their lives changed and there's people that we love who have come through our doors, but it's not like we're seeing the numbers explode like we we thought it would because it's a it's a dry and weary land where mm. there is no water and and so i can easily look back and i think we have this opportunity all the time in life we can look back and see the power and glory of yesterday and we can see all that god did in the churches that we were a part of before and the ministry ministries we were a part of before um and and it can be easy to become confused in that mm. season but david doesn't say he, he, he doesn't say because of your power of yesterday is better. He doesn't say because yeah. your glory of yesterday is better. He doesn't say because the things I got to see in ministry yesterday is better. He says in verse three, because your love is better. Yeah. He says, your love is better than yeah. life. I will glorify you. I will praise you. So if we only ever focus on the desert, wow. the pain of our circumstances or the power of yesterday, we will miss the miracle of today. And this miracle is not in David's circumstances changing. It's, it's the fruit that comes from the determination in the desert. And that determination that he expresses is this, is this heart that says, I will focus my attention on you. Mm-hmm. I will praise you. Yeah. Even though I don't see what I hope to see, even though the dreams are, are not fulfilled, I will be determined to, to praise you. I will lift up my hands. And, and then that. he concludes with this thought that says, I will be fully satisfied. Hmm. David is expectant to be satisfied. He's expecting, he's, he's not just longing for something. It's not just positive thoughts. He's longing for, he's seeking after, and he's expecting to find satisfaction in God, even in the desert that is so dry and weary where there is no water. And so we're given that same opportunity every time we enter the desert to find God in the desert, not because our circumstances change, but because we find satisfaction in him when we keep him at the center of our focus. Okay, I have a question, Peter. So so much good stuff in there. Yeah, there's a lot there. Also, I'm a preacher. Is that Psalm 62? So 63. Said, 63. 63. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That that's one we got to memorize. Yeah. That one's bars. Okay. First first mini question when um when you like did the the flip and you know whatever it is, God, were were you in a desert season then? I mean, I was. I probably didn't realize how deep it would go. I, I went to Valley Forge for uh, three semesters and and it was the, one of the most confusing seasons of my life uh, because I was taking all these ministry classes and I felt like I didn't fit this box to become what the, the pastor box was at the school. Um, and so, yeah, it was a really hard season. I left after three semesters because I was like, this is not 
a fit for me. And I would, I would take a three year break and ev- eventually go back and finish my degree. Wow. Um, because mm-hmm. I knew I was called, but ministry back then doesn't look like ministry today. And so much of the creative expressions that we're doing in the church today, we just really weren't doing back then. And wow. it was a confusing season for me. I mean, 18 years ago, yeah. Like we, like there were no led walls 18 years ago. <laughs> That's what we needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's incredible. Okay. So, so I have a question that I think, I think we can stumble on a good answer, but this is my thought. We're talking about this determination whenever you're in a desert season, right? Like this, this drive to say, no God, your, your love is better than life. You know, you are, you are more, um, I'm worshiping you for that reason. But to me, sometimes when I'm in a, we'll call it, de- we'll keep calling it a desert season. Basically, just when I'm feeling down, whether it be circumstances or my own emotions, it's it's one of the two usually. In those moments, it feels like determination or drive to push through. I either have it or I don't. It feels mm. like a stat check where it's like, oh, I have the determination to overcome. Okay, it's been a bad day, but God, you're better than life. Or sometimes mm. it feels like, nah. I just don't have it, right? Do you, do, are, are you following me so far, Peter? Yeah. I, I guess I would say, the question I guess I would ask is, what would you say to a student who is in a desert season, but do, just feels like, sorry, Peter, I just don't have the motivation. I'm glad you had the motivation to push through and worship. Like what, what is on the other side of this where it's more than just a lack of motivation? Yeah. What would you say to a student that doesn't, doesn't feel like they have that determination you're talking about? Well, I, I would say that that I haven't always handled these seasons well. So mm. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm, I'm a hero at navigating the reality of this. Um, who, d- or, who, or does yeah. who does I handle well, the hero? <laughs> well, right. I mean, I appreciate your transparency, Peter, but I'm sitting here thinking like, do any of us, Yeah, you know, like yeah. we all struggle and I appreciate, I mean, I, I love the humanity that David chose in, in Psalm 63 as well, because he, He's obviously struggling with it. That's why he's writing about it. But back, back to what you were going to say, Peter. No, I, I, but I would just say that I think, I, I do think that there has to be some decisions made inside of us that, that go beyond our emotions. Yes. That mm-hmm. go beyond our feelings of the moment. Like I, I've, I've, I, I grew that. up in church. I love the church. Um, there have been seasons of my life where my, my, my Bible has been closed, where I haven't prayed all week, but, but for some reason I was always determined to get myself around other people who were, who were going to encourage me in this faith and who, who were uh, ahead of me and where I want to be. Hmm. And so I think that sometimes there, there is that ability in us to say, I will do like, like I'm on th- today is day six, no day seven of the gym. Like it's been a while, COVID <laughs> kilos, come on. Um, um, but you know, last week I went to the gym six days in a, in a row. And then today I said, I woke up this morning, I said, I am doing this. And, and I do think that there's a part of that in David where he says, I will yeah. praise you. I will lift up my hands. Um, and, and I think there has to be some decisions within us that go beyond our feelings and emotions of the moment. Yeah. But I also think too. I've always centered my life in the context of the church. I've always centered my life in the context of other believers. And so when I am weak, there's always somebody around me who has some faith to carry me forward. And that actually has kept me stronger over the, the, over the 20 uh, plus years of my life that I've been following Jesus. And yeah. it's not because I've always had to figure it figured out, but it was because I've 
trusted the community that I've centered my life on. You said, you said two things there that really jumped out at me. One is, is the choice or, or the decision, right? And, and that is, you're speaking to the intentionality of either you saying it for yourself, Peter, you know, me for myself or students that are listening. It's, it's the students saying, I am making a decision here, regardless of how I currently feel. And I think David models that not only in this Psalm here, Psalm 63, there's other places like I'm thinking of Psalm 103, where David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. I've always interpreted that as David commanding his soul to bless the Lord. He's telling his soul what to do so that you're speaking to that right there. I think it's, that's a kind of a practical step for students to say, man, if I'm going through desert season, I'm going to have to take charge. Yeah. Of, of my feelings, I, my the, emotions. The, the I will praise you. Yeah. As long as I live is probably not a statement of fact, but of will. It's will. You know, he's not yeah. like, it's oh, determination. I've, I've yeah. looked at my life and I'm going to praise you. The rest yeah. of he's saying like, no, I am, you know, I'm yeah. going to the gym, right, yeah. Peter? You know, like I'm getting my butt up yeah. and I'm going to praise you. Yeah. And today's another day. Yeah. I also think, okay, not to answer my own question, but also I'm, I'm like reading this again. I love that he said, you know, because your love is better than life, I'll glorify you. There probably is something to be said for when we have a revelation of how good God's love is. It helps us to overcome our, you know, our bad brain days or our our lack of feeling it. Mm -hmm. When you've encountered the love of God, you're like, yeah, this is still better. Yeah. This is worth fighting for. And the second thing you said, Peter, that I love is that you said you're going to have to surround yourself with some people that are going to help you, that are going to encourage you. I think, again, that's real practical advice for the student, uh, the college student, the high school, junior high, listening in that's saying, man, I'm going through a really difficult time right now. What do I need to do? Okay. There's a decision I need to make. There's some determination I need to find within myself, Mm -hmm. but I also have to, you know, um, surround myself with some people that are going to help me. I'm wondering, Peter, if you could reflect on that a little bit more in your, your journey as a Christ follower, as a leader, what does it look like for you? Practically speaking to find some really great friends to surround yourself with that can encourage you when you're going through a desert season. Yeah. I mean, I think the greatest place for us to thrive in our faith is in the local church. Um, I think being a part and committed to people that are not only that not only look like you, but also uh, look older than you and different than you, Mm. I think teaches us a lot about what life is really like and the perspectives that we can learn, not just from, uh, somebody who's in the same age as me or great as me, but somebody who has experience of life um, that goes way beyond my, where I'm at today. I think mm. that's a, I think that's a key piece. Um, and, and I am, I'm, I'm shameless about, I think the church is the greatest thing in the world. And, mm. and so I think that that's the place to find it in. Um, but I, I do think that there's, there is a reality to the church that we have to uh, embrace and understand. And, and it's that forming those relationships take work. Um, I remember when I was in, uh, when I was in school, I went, I was homeschooled. Then I went to Christian school. Then I was homeschooled again. And then in ninth grade or 10th grade, I went to a uh, public school and I, and I was in a small public school and I was completely surrounded by individuals who all grew up together for 10, you know, 10 years, these guys have been together. And then here I am dropping as an outsider. And I remember how hard it was to break into relationships. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there ha- there's a reality, unfortunately, in some places it's 
is worse than others, but in the church, like we have to break into relationship with that determination to say like, I need people in my life and I'm going to step into a place where I can form relationships. And sometimes it's awkward and sometimes it's hard. Um, but if we commit ourselves to it, I think we'll see the fruit that we want to see in that. our life. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I know, I know you're in Greece and our average listener, who knows, maybe we'll pick up some listeners in Greece. Come on now. <laughs> That'd be great. Our average listener is an American student, right? Um, and we often like to look for cultural tie-ins. So I know you're living in Greece, but I'm sure you're familiar with American culture. And honestly, our cultures are not that similar. You guys are just ahead of us in pretty much everything by a couple of years, including fashion, by the way. Okay. The, the Greeks. And, appara- and apparently food as well. Yeah, apparently food. I'm just now learning, learning Saganaki isn't that good, even though it's still so good in my brain. Um, my question is, how do you think Psalm 63 comes against, I guess, what we would say American culture or what cultural issues do you feel like what you're talking about, that desire to know God, what, what cultural issues does that come against that our students might not even realize because we're so engrossed in our culture? Hmm. I mean, I think, I think, what do you want to say? I was going to say, I feel like you already started to talk about like, there's a point where it's like, dude, you probably shouldn't always be listening to your feelings. Like, I think we definitely have this idea of like, what I feel is what I do is what I feel is my truth. I mean, and that's a big I part of what I couldn't do anything other than what I feel. Cause I wouldn't be being yeah. true to myself. Yeah. You already were kind of talking about that a little bit. And Psalm 63 is no example of, Oh, this is just how I feel like it's, it's definitely not that I, I'm going to take it in a different direction. Do it. Um, I was, I remember what it was like being an, a, a, a 16, 17, 18, 20 year old kid with this passion for ministry, this passion for leadership, absorbing everything that I could. I was in an incredible environment with Aaron where I was growing and I was learning and, and I had all of this dream and vision for what the future could possibly be. Mm. And then you wake up one day and reality comes, right? And, <laughs> and you get hit between the teeth and, and, and leadership kicks you hard some days. And, and so I think if we come into this moment that everything is going to look like the famous people that we see on Instagram mm. or the moment that I start this ministry um, or I launch this, this Bible club or I go out and I, I do good. something, I'm going to immediately be met with... Um, the success that other people are seeing, I think we might be disappointed when reality hits us square in the face. And so I don't think it's a, well, don't try and don't dream. I would just say, use, like, understand that that passion and the dreams and the things that are burning in your heart have been placed there by God. And God's also going to be with you in the storm. He's going to be with you in the desert when all of those dreams are confusing because you're not seeing them yet. And you're, you're confused by the season of life that you're in. And so I, think if we, if we have the mentality that everything's going to succeed and it's going to be beautiful and wonderful, and it might possibly be like God, God can absolutely do all of those great things, but there might be some hard days in it. And I think David teaches us about the hard days of leadership Hmm. that we all face in life. We all face. We don't want to talk about the hard days in leadership. No, we want to talk about the good days. We want to talk about the Instagram highlight real moments. You know, that's what we want to focus on. Peter Jordan, have you guys ever read anything by um, one of the old church fathers, St. John of the cross? 
He talks. You recommended yes. me a little bit. He about talks it. often about this phrase of that. He he calls it the dark, dark night of the soul. soul. And that, and I just yeah. I keep hearing that when you're talking, Peter, about like being in the desert and the hard parts of of leadership. And and I think this is true. I think what you said is so important for student leaders listening in on your high school campuses, on your college campuses, those of you especially that are endeavoring to do something. Um, like a campus club, a Bible club, or, or, you know, lead or influence your friends for Christ. There is that, that moment where you're like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to change my school. Revival is going to come to my college campus. Um, and then there's those moments of this is hard. Yes. <laughs> this he, did not happen nearly as fast as I thought it was going to happen. Well, you, you need that moment of passion because without that, you probably often don't get started. Yeah. Right. So it's like that moment, like, let's go, right? That's like the flint and steel coming together and it's a spark, but then it's like a tiny little ember and you're like, wait, this isn't the bonfire I was expecting. So Peter reflect on what Jordan just said for a moment, because I'm sure. And I mean, I know you and Courtney, you just referenced, you know, seasons of life where we were together. You, I, I, my wife and I had the great honor of being youth pastors to you and your wife and um, both, both you and your wife were on staff with me, um, for Crazy. several years, um, many years ago, I still had hair back then. It was wow. really, it was really cool. Wow. Uh, but, um, but there was definitely a, a spark moment or a passion moment for you and your wife, Courtney, to make the decision to go to Greece as missionaries. Wow. And, but yet you're reflecting eight years in on your journey about sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. Any, any additional yeah. thoughts or reflections on that? Well, I, I do think what, what I was birthed in is the dreams and the passion that I carry into this assignment. And so what, what I experienced in my local church and the transformation that occurred in my life and the transformation that I got to see in other people's lives is, is a huge piece of the motivation for why I exist in this place. Hmm. And so when I do look back, I see all the good and I see all the amazing things that God does in it. It inspires me to believe and to trust God that it, we will see it in our city as Come well. Mm. And so it's not, it's not just a, like, it's not just a spark that kind of motivated me. It's, it's the very essence of why I think I, I mean, obviously God's call in my life and those things, but it's because of what I was birthed in. And so I do think that there are, but there are moments that do come. I mean, David's a King first and then the next minute he's being chased by his son trying yeah, to kill right. him. So it's not that there aren't King moments. It's not that there aren't anointing moments. It's That's not that so there good. aren't killing David and Goliath moments, but then there are moments when you have a son who's trying to kill you. Yeah. And, and so maybe it's, and so maybe it's not just the, the slow starts and the painful process of leading and starting ministries, but maybe it's also the story of I'm leading a ministry. Things are looking great. And then my son comes along and he tries wow, to yeah. kill me. And, yeah. and I think, I think maybe in there, there's two, there's two ways of looking at David, both in how we start ministries, but also in some of the unexpected things that show up on our doorstep through the years of ministry that we're, we're, we're on. That's rich. That's so deep. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Peter, thank you so it. much for joining us. I mean, so much to discuss and break down. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to link uh, all your socials and, and your church in our show notes. So if students want to reach out to you, they can, and they can check out what you guys are doing. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the Student Leadership Podcast. Again, rich stuff. Incredible, incredible stuff. And I'm so Love Peter, just, just thrilled with how um, God's using you and your wife there uh, in Thessaloniki, Greece as missionaries. And what an, I mentioned it already, but what an honor it was for yeah. my wife and I to have played a small part in influencing both of you and uh, 
just incredible. Just an honor to have you on the show today. Yeah. So thanks. Grateful, grateful. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for your time. Hey, students, if you made it this far, go ahead and give us a five-star review, uh, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, or wherever it is that you're listening to this bad boy. Uh, we appreciate it so much. Students, we believe you are called to lead your generation. Do it with passion for Christ and love for others. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.